This is the Regular Pastor Podcast, a podcast devoted to regular pastors and regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I am a regular pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today, we have a new guest, a first-time guest on the podcast. We have Mr. Wes slash Wesley Ryan, also known as Odessa's Chris Tomlin. Wesley, welcome to the Regular Pastor Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, glad to have you. Uh, Wes is the worship pastor at Antioch uh, Christian Church, which is just right down the road or up the road from us here at Odessa, so we're church neighbors, and uh, glad to have you on today. We always begin the podcast with a faux sponsor. Uh, we don't get real sponsors, but we like fake sponsors. All right. And since we had lunch at Torchy's today, not Torchy's, uh, Frenchies. 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 Frenchies seems like a good uh, faux sponsor for the day. Frenchies is probably the only place in West Texas that is known for pasta and tacos. Is that Prob- fair? Yeah, definitely. If uh, if our vast listening audience were to suddenly flock to Frenchies, should they get the pasta or the tacos? What do you recommend? You know, they're both delicious. It really depends on what, what the... What mood you're in, because they're both awesome. What'd you have today? I had the turf and surf, which, you know, typically you think steak, but it was chicken. But still, it's turf. It, yeah. it qualifies. But great shrimp, great ravioli. So There you go. Frenchies, we are thankful for the imaginary sponsorship. So we're glad you're on the podcast today. All three of our podcast listeners would like to know something about you if they don't already. Uh, and my mom is one of those three listeners, and so she doesn't know you. She would like to know something about you. So give us the short-form version of where you're from, how you met the Lord, your family, how'd you end up in ministry, all that good stuff. All right. Well, I grew up in Lubbock, Texas, just a few hundred miles, I guess a hundred miles from here. Um, Born and raised there, lived there my whole life. Uh, Was not raised in a Christian home. My... um, my dad was not a Christian, still not a Christian. My mom uh, got saved after me, but she took me to church for a little bit when I was real small. Uh, basically just went to Sunday school, uh, got to go and do that, and that was great. I learned about David and Goliath, you know, Noah, and the Ark. I think that's probably it. Uh, <laughs> what but, else do you need? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You're ready to go. Um, but uh, as I grew up, I had a girlfriend who invited me to go to church. Of course, I was going to do that. Got to see her other than at school, so that was awesome. Um we broke up, but we kept going, and so enjoyed it, went for about a year, and then after about a year, I was helping out with the VBS, and I had a friend, she was going through a rough patch, and she laid out in the street and was ready to, she said she's ready to die, hmm. and um, she was done with this life, and I thought, you know, I'm not ready, to, I'm not ready to die, I'm not hmm. ready to meet God. I knew from my experience over that year that I was, uh, that I wasn't saved, that what I needed to do to be saved, and, and how that all worked, and so I, you know, I got down that night in my room, and I just asked Jesus to become my Lord and become my Savior, and He did. I mean, I could immediately felt a difference. I was always a good kid, so there wasn't a big outward difference, but I noticed my intentions changed quite a bit, and so did that, and I already, was already playing guitar at that point. I uh, loved to play guitar. It was very natural to use that as a ministry, and then eventually became uh, integrated into worship. I actually led worship a little bit before I was saved, if you can do that. I don't really think you can, but... Um, but I was part of the process anyway, yeah. but now that was it. And so, um, became involved in worship. I was helped out in youth and then uh, eventually, um, became a worship pastor nice. and it was awesome. So I've been doing cool. that for uh, 25 years. 
Awesome. The Lord can use donkeys and unsaved teenagers who like to play Led Zeppelin. Later. Yes, exactly. It's awesome. <laughs> and there's not much difference between the two sometimes. <laughs> no, no. It was good. Very cool. Tell uh, tell our listeners, both of them, about your family. Oh, yeah. So I've been married to my wife a um, little over 13 years. We, we got married um, in San Angelo, Texas, which is where she was from. And uh, man, it's been awesome. She's an amazing woman, loves to help me in ministry. And we got two kids. Uh, we've got an 11-year-old in those tween years, mm-hmm. t- moving towards the teen. Loves 80s music, loves to dance, um, just talented in music and stuff like that, too. Then we have a son, and he's seven. And he loves to sing, loves to dance around. Just recently broke his arm, uh, jumping off the playground. That's a, that's a fun story. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, they're great kids. Been growing and, and going. And so we've just been just loving it. Very so. cool. I see your wife. Uh, at least five days a week when I drop my kids off. She's out in front of Compass working the drop-off line. Say so seeing uh, her may not be the right term because she's usually covered in 800 layers of clothes if it's under 70 degrees. Those Compass ladies don't mess around if it's no. cool in the morning. It's like the frozen tundra. <laughs> uh, they are bundled up for sure. So what we're going to talk about today uh, is seminary. And as I thought about this topic and our conversation over the last week, I've thought about, I don't know, I've thought of 10 or 12 different rabbit trails we could <laughs> go down. Like we could talk about just the importance of seminary period. Mm-hmm. We could talk about how you pick a seminary. We could talk about the difference between, and maybe this will come up a little bit today, but online versus on campus. Um, I mean, we could really trace this out a number of different ways, but what we're going to try to focus on as best as as we can is the issue of when should a young man, an older man, a middle-aged man, a man, when should a man go to seminary? Mm -hmm. The most spiritual answer would be when the Holy Spirit calls you and burdens you. I mean, that's obvious. That's when you should go to seminary. That was my answer, actually, but I will... (laughs) I'll refrain now. Yeah, well, we're six minutes in, so we're going to need a little more content (laughs) than the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, What I'm really thinking of is the question, should I go to seminary? Should a person go to seminary before they enter ministry? Or should they just jump into ministry, God has called them, and should they then do seminary along the way? And because of technology, that is more viable... um, for a lot of different guys than it ever has been in human history, oh, yeah, really. So this is a question that, for a lot of people, if you dial a clock back pre-internet, is really not even a question. If no. you're going to seminary, you are literally going to a seminary. Mm-hmm. You may do ministry while you're there, but you're going to leave any ministry you had behind in order to do that. So with some brevity, tell us, uh, explain to our listeners your seminary journey, what that has looked like, and how it's coincided with ministry itself. Okay. Yeah, so I right out of high school, um, I went to college. I was a pre-med in um, a little school there in Lubbock, and mm. it was at Lubbock Christian University, actually. And I took some Bible classes there. They were really, even though it's a Church of Christ school, they, they didn't put doctrine in there. They really just went off the Bible, and it was really—I enjoyed it. It was just— Breath of life, and but I also enjoyed biology and chemistry and all those science classes, and so, um, but I knew that I was supposed to do that, so I went into music uh, again because that kind of corresponded with when I started uh, doing ministry. 
as far as worship ministry goes, as far as being a worship pastor. I knew that'd be beneficial. And then I just, money ran out, jobs mm. had to happen, and that was it, you know? Life so, happened. Yeah. And so I did that. Uh, you know, I tried a couple of times, false starts to, to go back to school, but it didn't really work out. Um, and then um, you fast forward really a decade, uh, 15 years later, um, I'm I'm going back again. And so I started online um, at Boyce College and uh, working on a, an undergrad, and then I found out they have this diploma program. So first thing I'll say is if you're over 30, hmm. uh, you need to go online and you need to be part of the diploma program. And uh, because you can skip your bachelor's, you can go right into a master's. Wish I'd known that two and a half years earlier. <laughs> but the, uh, but yeah. So the, for me, it just it was. I really wanted to come back. I really wanted to learn the languages. I mean, it really had nothing to do with anything else. I didn't even know what else I would learn. Hmm. I just wanted to learn Greek and Hebrew, and that was the only way I could justify spending that kind of time. Yeah, and my wife being okay with it. I think that was part of it too. And how much? How many years had you spent in ministry when you came back and picked that up again? Ten years, give or take. No, more like fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. So fifteen years post college, where you're involved in some sort of vocational ministry. Either, yeah, either directly helping. I mean, a lot of times it's volunteer. Okay. Yeah. So fifteen years volunteer vocational ministry, some combination. Uh, somewhat established in ministry as far as a career would go. First, yeah. And then you say, I'm going to go back. I want to learn the languages. I want to pick up some things I haven't learned along the way. Um, and so you go back without quitting. You yeah. haven't quit your job. You haven't left your church. Nope. You've mm-hmm. done this as an add-on, uh, full-time work, yes, full-time mm-hmm. seminary student. I mean, you've just yes. done both, mm-hmm. and you've blazed in there. So you are concurrently doing ministry and seminary. Yes, sir. Okay. So totally different than than the way God worked in my life and how seminary and ministry fell, at least for the most part. Uh, my wife and I both went to college right out of high school. We were accounting majors. We ended up doing some apartment ministry, um, very part-time. And that mm-hmm. led us to seminary. So as soon as we graduated college, we moved to Louisville. She worked. We had no kids. And I did 94, 96, whatever, however many it was, hours of my master's in about two years flat. Yeah. Did not have a job. Did not have, other than serving in our local church, didn't have a full-time or even a part-time ministry position. Just did school. Mm-hmm. Uh, then started a Ph.D., PhD program at Southern Seminary, and then jumped into a full-time pastorate position while I was doing my PhD and did those two concurrently. But at least half of my seminary was done before I ever did any sort of ministry. So sort of totally different approaches Mm -hmm. in that uh, you have been doing ministry for an extended period, and then you go back to seminary. I did most of mine on the front end of ministry and then a little bit concurrently. My thoughts are if you were counseling someone, a young man at your church, someone you were mentoring, how would you help them make sense out of which of these two paths is best? And again, God may lead someone to do a certain thing. Oh, yeah. They may have a certain burden. All of that is, is fair game. But other than God leading someone to do it a certain way, what is in your mind the greatest benefit 
towards doing ministry and then coming back at some point and doing seminary? Why are you glad that in the providence of God, your mm-hmm. life has sort of played out in that order? Yeah. Um, there's definitely some pros to it. Um, we'll get to cons hopefully later. Yeah. But the pros, um, one of the things that's really nice about the way I take it right now is I take one class at a time. Okay. You know, if I was to survey you on all that you learned in your two years flat, right? That's awesome. On the master's, uh, you probably would, would get the highlights, but that's probably all you would remember. Now, for me, as I walk through a class, uh, providentially, the Lord allows those things to impact my ministry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's been, I could name at least probably five or six right off the top of my head of times where I was learning something and we needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Case in point, right now, we're, at, we're going to have a youth pastor. Yeah. And I just got out of a family ministry class where the you could pick three different areas that you could look at, and one of them was youth ministry. And so coming into this, uh, I've been a youth pastor before, but this was a kind of a refresher, re-equip, and re-looking at what it would mean to pastor youth. And I, you know, in God's providence, right before this happened, I had to, I, I went through a class. So, so, so you just mentioned two things, though. One, the first one you mentioned is the way that you are forced— to take classes right now is one class at a time. Yes. Rather than taking six classes a semester, like yes. I did, yeah. where you're totally drinking out of the fire hydrant, mm-hmm. trying to keep up, learning 18 different things on any given day, theology, languages, church history, uh, how to write, all kinds of stuff, you get to focus on one thing at a time. Yes. You're focusing on one topic, and to you, that's a pro. Now, you could do that the way I did it, you could take one class at a time. You yeah. just be there forever. Yes. You wouldn't get it done in two years. You get it done in two decades. Plus, you wouldn't be married anymore. I'm guessing. No, you would not be married <laughs> anymore. So that's one benefit. You're taking mm-hmm. a class at a time. You're able to think about one major topic at a time. Second benefit you mentioned is the applicability of what you're learning immediately into ministry. Oh yeah. Youth ministry is one example. Uh, and I'm sure I'll give you, you another you one. Can come um, up with others. Yeah, we just I got that of just did our Greek uh, exegesis classes on Revelation. Yeah. Well, um, in that I you know just a, a outworking of that class, I ended up writing a big paper on it. So I got a lot of resources, and in those resources, I found one because we've been looking at Revelation for two years, and I've been you know warding our pastor off of it just because it's <laughs> such a um, you know, and he he's he's been off of it too, but just because it's such a hard thing. Well. In all that study, I found a book that, that we're probably going to use, you know, to kind of guide more of a thematic study of Revelation, because we don't want to neglect it. I mean, it's like it's almost 10% of the New Testament. It's like 10% of the Bible almost. It's it's a big chunk of material that we got to cover, but how to cover it, and that would... And taking ha- this class has I helped found you that book, think yeah. through that. Found a book, yep. found a resource, thought of some ways you don't want to do it and maybe a way that you do want to well, do it. We've been talking about it for two years and we've been looking for kind of resources for two years. And this is not a new book. Yeah. It's just one that happened to come across my path in this particular situation. There you go. So going to seminary after you've been in ministry, while you're in ministry, pro number one, usually you're going to focus on one thing at a time. Pro number two there's going to be a ton of stuff that is immediately applicable to your ministry, whatever class you're taking. Oh, yeah. What else? Other things that you would say are positives, pros, towards oh. doing it the way you've done it. 
One other thing is, um, much like learning a language helps you discern which resources are best. Um, you know, you can, as you learn a language, you can, you can say, okay, well, this guy, you know, I don't really agree with what he's, the, the conclusion he's come to. If you don't know the language, you might be like, well, okay, that's what he's come to. So in the same way, because I've been in ministry, really for 20 years, have been involved heavily with ministry. I mean, you know, as a volunteer even, being that um, there's certain things that you learn, and then you go and you, you hear it in seminary, and you're like, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't work. Mm. In, in when you got real people on the other side, like mm. that, like you have to you have to switch that a little bit, and you're gonna have to change the way you approach that. You can't just tell your people, okay, this is what we're gonna do now. That's not gonna work. You're gonna have to go in, learn their languages. Mm. You know, le- like when I say their language, maybe speak English, but they, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they're business people or maybe they're uh, techie people or whatever. And you learn what what how to talk with people. And so when you take that class, you think, okay, a way that I could use this now and with this particular person, it, you already got some, some wherewithal of how to, how to deal with people, yeah. real people in real world situations. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Uh, any others? I mean, I, I have one that uh, I didn't do it the way you've done it, but I, there's one more big one that I can think of, at least as an outsider looking into that way. But anything else you well, think you mentioned it, a, maybe, a I'll, maybe I could either I, cooperate and maybe yeah. there's another one. I, okay. When, when my wife and I were in college, we're both accounting majors. Mm-hmm. Most of the accounting majors at West Texas A&M were recent high school graduates. Yeah. A few were what we thought of at the time as old people, mm-hmm. like they were grown ups. They yeah. had real jobs. They maybe had kids. They'd been out of school for some amount of time. Those people really annoyed us mm-hmm. as uh, young college students because they were so interested in actually learning. Mm-hmm. And we were a hundred percent interested in getting a grade and yeah. getting out of the class. And so those people were like, sit at the front of the class, ask a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. uh, do great on all the exams, all the extra credit. And to us, that was like, oh my goodness, you old people are nuts. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we're here for a grade. We just want to get done. In seminary, I saw the same thing. Yeah. I think sometimes... When a guy like me has just plowed through high school, then college, then straight into Bible college, seminary, whatever, I think sometimes it just becomes a task to get through. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the distance from higher education and then you come back to it, there is more motivation, more... mm, more desire to actually learn the material rather than to get through a class and get a grade. Oh yeah. Thoughts on that? For sure. That's definitely it. That's definitely it. Um, you know, there are certain things that you learn. I remember because I, I did what you did in a different way originally and my grades weren't anywhere what they are now. Um, and I you didn't make, care. You make better grades now than way you did better. the first go around. Yeah. Why? Well, I mean, cause not, you're smarter or cause you're trying harder or you're yeah, more motivated. I, just, I or study what? better. I make sure, you know, I'm one of the things that um, I have to do, interestingly, I guess, is that I've learned. I know I took English in college, and I won't mention my professor's name in there. I remember, and she probably taught me well. I didn't learn it. Um, So I've I've had to learn new skills just to be able to do Mm. uh, seminary, like how to write, uh, what is a position paper? Mm -hmm. How how do you research well? Um, What does it mean to write... A, a great thesis or a convincing argument or all those things that I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, there's definitely that. And I think there is something to be said for that. The I think when you're older and you as you look back on your uh, just your life and you think, okay, this is – if I'm going to invest, if I'm going to steal time away, right? It's, I'm almost, it feels that way sometimes. I'm going to take time away from my family. I'm going to take time away from my kids. You know, yeah. I've got young kids. Um, then – I'm going to do really well and I'm going to gain a lot. I'm going to, I'm not going to just, again, not just get the grade, yeah. but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to soak up as much as I can and try to pack it away. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, one of the frustration, frustrating things for me is even though I take one class at a time, there's still not enough, just not enough time to do it the way I'd want to do it. Not enough hours in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good segue, good transition into what are the cons what are the reasons not to try to do seminary while you're also in full-time ministry? Why is it harder? What are the negatives? What would you caution people about? Yeah, the number one is if you have a spouse or kids, Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, you know, you're going to be taking time away from them. Unless you have—I mean, I do have friends that are fortunate enough, their job allows them to help uh, to do that. You know, I, that's not my— that's not my case. I don't think it's the case for most people. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you're the senior pastor and you get to make the rules, uh, <laughs> then I guess maybe you could. And even then, you're going to have to be accountable to an elder or deacon board. So, yeah. um, but I think the uh, that's so a gonna, big deal. You're going to sacrifice time yes. that you could be with family, with your wife, with your kids, at your job, whatever. It's not even just the time week in and week out. It's the special time too. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a like last, during Thanksgiving, I was supposed to have the whole week. I had to write a paper, which I was going to. Now, because it wasn't because of school that I had, couldn't go, but um, when I did end up going on Thanksgiving and the day after, I didn't do anything on the paper, and that put me two days behind. So that's in the back of my mind. I'm thinking about it. You know, yeah. it's it's something that I have to be like, okay, uh, no. There's a preoccupation. Yeah, you can't think about it. Just like I mean, ministry is the same way, but so it's not much different, but you have to kind of turn that off and say, okay. This is family time. I have to be present here. Yeah. But yeah, every night I'm, you know, my wife, many nights she, she goes to bed and I stay up. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, they go um, to school and what would be a day off isn't. It's it's going to be spent reading something or it's yeah. going to be spent doing that. There's not there's not a lot of downtime. Yeah. When you're doing it around the other. So. Yeah. Definitely a time commitment, and you know, it's my experience that. Whatever stage of life you're in currently, you tend to think it's the busiest stage of life there is possible. Yeah. And when you get to the next stage of life, whatever it is, you realize, oh, I'm a little more busy now than I used to be. Like that yep. doesn't ever, that doesn't ever really lessen. Mm -hmm. And even now at this point in my life, I think, well, retired people certainly are less busy, but all the people I know that retire always tell me how busy they are. Yep. They, they, your time just fills up. There's always something else to do. Mm -hmm. And so 100%, that's a, a a caution for people who are thinking about, I'm in full-time ministry, I want to go back to seminary, or I want to go to seminary, it's going to be a time commitment. For sure. Even when it's not a time commitment, it's a mental preoccupation with what you ought to be doing or what you're going to have to be doing. Um, absolutely. Other other cons, other negatives Another to doing it this way? Another con that I don't deal with, but other people could. I, I'm fortunate. My, I, was, I went to my mom— a number of years ago before I started, and I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to go back to school, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it done. And she said, well, don't do anything until I talk to your grandma, because she has offered to do some some help you with that. Hmm. And financially? I said, financially. Okay. Uh, financially is a big concern for somebody. Somebody who's thinking about going back needs to consider the fact 
um, that it's going to cost money and you're going to have to buy books and there's going to be just costs, you know, around it. And you're going to have to have a computer that can connect to the internet if you're going to do online stuff and you're going to have to software. Yeah. You're going to pay for the good internet too, because you don't ever want it to be down. Um, Software copies all, you know, depending on what you've got. Now I've worked at a church that makes it, the copies are nice and the church allows me to do that, which is awesome. No, I, I, that's a great point, and I hadn't really thought about that. Um, it makes me think of my wife, who recently went back, took a few more classes, uh, upper-level accounting, so that she could sit for the CPA exam and took it. Mm-hmm. There was cost involved in all that for her, for us, yeah. taking the classes, the study exam, or the study material, the exam itself. But in her case, there was a payday coming on the other side of that. That was a financial investment. Yes. Yeah. That's not always the case in ministry. It might not be. It may be to some Mm -hmm. degree or another. You know, a a piece of paper can sometimes help you get a certain job or end up in a certain position, but not in the same way that a CPA license is going to help you then make that money back. Oh, yeah. There was no—that was just an initial investment— into her career yeah rather than a cost associated with continuing in in higher education so there's definitely a financial component oh yeah yeah other thoughts negatives cons things to caution people about i think one thing that you have to be cautious about when you've been in ministry for a while um you know i've seen people who are who are in the same boat as me that are my age or maybe older maybe a little bit younger and they've been uh, in different jobs, you know, maybe they've been in ministry, maybe they haven't been, but either way, there's a certain level sometimes where you can go into it with the thought that I, okay, I haven't needed this this whole time. Do I really mm. need to, do I need to know what the doctrine of prospicuity means? Does that, is that really, I mean, it's just, it's clear. Okay. It's clear enough for salvation. Okay, great. Uh, can't you just say that? You know, um, there's certain, there's certain things sometimes where you've been not using those words your whole life, and you can't use them now because nobody else knows them, yeah. and or nobody else cares, uh, maybe. And that's the way it feels sometimes. And so, you know, there's sometimes you learn some things that you're thinking, okay, I do not see where this is going to I've fit. never needed it up to this point, and I don't see where I'm going to yeah. need it going forward. And so there's there's something to be said about that. I've, I've seen that. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm a guy that likes to know things. I like yeah. to, I'm just a learner. So it, for me, it's fun to learn those weird terms just because they're fun. Yeah. Well, I say in four words what you can say in one, but yeah. you can't ever use that on a sermon or in a Bible study, hardly ever. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. one thing. That's not a big that's not a big combat. It's something to think about. Something to think about uh too is that you're gonna have to, no matter what when you go to seminary, I believe, I don't know, you can you can speak into this for sure, but you're gonna have to war with your own soul on the difference between knowledge and then really knowing the Lord, knowing about the Lord and knowing the Lord. And so that's one of those things that I think people need to think about. There's cer- there's a certain love of God that you have because of the things you've learned just through reading your Bible and stuff like that. And then there is theology, the studying of those things um, that can war against your soul. There's yeah. a there's a spiritual battle yeah. out there, and and as you venture into those waters, I think it gets it intensifies. Yeah, and I th- I think you're right. I think that's true for people who go back to seminary or people who start out in seminary. You've got to you've got to constantly check your motives, your heart, your intentions, what's the end game here? Mm-hmm. Am I pursuing this for academics and uh you know, is it all just an intellectual exercise? Is it 
mental gymnastics or is this transformative in my life? Yeah. And that can be a struggle whether you're, you know, a young seminary student who hopes to go into ministry or mm-hmm. whether you're in ministry and, and you're going back. Okay, so now let's flip the script and let's talk about the other approach, the approach of I'm going to go to seminary and then I'm going to enter ministry. Yeah. Uh, I think it has some advantages and some disadvantages. For sure. I think one advantage is uh, when I was young and I had an accounting degree Mm -hmm. and I was 22, I had no business pastoring a church. Yeah. (laughs) And there was a lot lot of stuff I needed to learn. And Mm -hmm. I had grown up in church. My mom worked at our church. We had a great teaching pastor that I grew up under my entire life. Uh, I taught high school Sunday school while I was in college. I served in our church all through college. I'd gone Mm -hmm. on mission trips. There was just some stuff I really needed to learn before I jumped into ministry. And sometimes I think guys or gals jump straight into ministry Mm -hmm. and they don't know some of the basics that really you do need to learn. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another positive is, I don't want this to sound unspiritual or like a money grab thing or Mm -hmm. like ministry is a career ladder. There are some positions in ministry you need a piece of paper for. Yeah. And there are qualified people who could do those jobs. They could serve in those roles, pastor, youth pastor, whatever. But there are some churches, some positions, they just want you to have the piece of paper. And until you have it, you're not even going to be considered for those positions. Oh, yeah. That's not to say that God can't open another door of ministry for you somewhere else. But I think getting the piece of paper uh, checks a box for a lot of churches. It definitely does. And that can be helpful. And I guess I, I bring that up as a positive of going to seminary up front because I've had friends who have tried to go into ministry without the seminary and they mm-hmm. just keep running into dead ends. Yeah. Like they can't even get their foot in the door because, well, I haven't gone. I don't have a master's degree or I don't have an MDiv or I don't have a doctorate or I don't have whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just doing it and getting it done, there's something to be said for that to say, I'm going to do this prep and then I'm going to have more opportunities to, to go into ministry. Thoughts on oh, that? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, I remember when I was looking, when coming to here, um, even the fact that I was in a, you know, a bachelor program at that time, cause I didn't know about the, uh, the MDiv program yet, the diploma program, but, um, there was, I got a lot more viability with places because I was at least in the program. You didn't have the degree, but you were working towards it. Yes. And there was something to be said for that. And there was some places, you know, it's like, this is required, you know, bachelors or masters. And especially when you get into, if you're looking at senior pastor roles or even executive or associates, stuff like that, um, some I guess it would be called the upper level of leadership in most churches. Um, they're looking for somebody with that degree. Yeah. In some places it's, they won't even, some people put that in there just so that they can say no if they want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always apply to those anyway. I didn't care. It doesn't but, hurt. To I throw mean, but you still, you know, you got to go in saying, "But I've been doing this for twenty years." Right. And, and a lot of times, they'll, I think churches on the whole more now seems like I have a friend that's been looking. He recently just got a job, and he uh, 
one of the things out there, because he's got a bachelor's, but he's been looking at the other classes for masters and stuff like that. Um, a lot of them are saying, or experience, mm. you know, experience can be substituted for the degree. Yeah. But I think that's a, that's a, it's not as prevalent and it's a new development. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think there's something to be said for if you have the paper, it's a lot. They're like, oh, this, he's, he knows stuff yeah. that we need. So we, yeah, let's yeah. get him. The other yeah. guy may not know it. Yeah. I'll give you one more, uh, what I think of as a positive, one more reason to do seminary on the front end. Um, none of these are deal breakers. None of these are nails in the coffin. Um, if you're going to become a doctor, we make you finish school before mm-hmm. you get to practice. Yep. Uh, if you're going to be a lawyer, we make you pass the bar exam before we turn mm-hmm. you loose in court. Uh, if you're going to be a teacher, you have to be certified. And unless you're in Odessa, we'll take anybody. <laughs> but yep. We want you to be certified and have passed a you know a degree program, whatever, mm-hmm. before we throw you in there with kids. And I think sometimes in, I'll just talk about our tiny armpit neck of the woods, West Texas. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is a celebration of anti-intellectual, this guy is spirit taught. He's oh, not yeah. seminary taught. And that's somehow better than being seminary trained. And it gets celebrated in a weird way. I think there's something to be said for if this is what God is calling you to vocationally, mm-hmm. why don't you just invest a couple of years if that's a possibility for you? Yeah. God may call you midlife and that may not be a, an option, but if you can just invest a couple of years on the front end, maybe this would be a, a good thing so that you are actually qualified to do what it is the Lord is calling you to do. Thoughts yeah. on that? No, I definitely would agree with that. I think the, uh, I've seen both ways, obviously, on that. Um, but I think the, uh, generally, I, th- I think you're right on. I think there's a, there's a lot of stuff I didn't even know I didn't know. That's that's yeah. kind of the danger. That's a scary thought. Yeah, you, you go into it. You don't know what you don't even know. Yeah, there's one. There's a lot of things that I would have maybe said, oh, that's fine. And then later we're like, no, not, not so much. But I even have a friend, he, he didn't go to seminary. Uh, because of there's a passage in First John. It says you don't need anybody to teach you. Yep. I'm like that's not what that's really talking about. And he's yeah. like, well, I know that now. Yeah. But you know, this is he's in his mid 40s now, so he's yeah. it's, he's not looking at doing that anymore. But but yeah, I think that um, I think there's a lot of things that you don't even know that you don't know. Right. And that you might learn along the way, but you could maybe get them in a more condensed form. Right. Uh, even if it was, I'm going to start in ministry but I'm going to go ahead and start my my degree as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe yeah. do what I've done, but do it at the beginning. Yeah. If you can't afford, you know, you can only afford, I got a friend that does every other semester because that's... Takes a class every now and then. Yeah, does it every yeah. every every other semester faithfully because that's all he can afford to do. Yeah. Um, all he wants to do maybe, but it's it's something that's... Uh, worthwhile he's still working a full-time job too any any big red flags you have for just the whole idea of i'm going to go to seminary and do that and check that box and then do ministry any any cons to that approach that you think are worth pointing out to people i don't know about cons necessarily but i know about um, mindsets that are dangerous Uh, i have i have many people over my 25 years that i've come in contact with who did have degrees that thought that they somehow knew things about ministry. <laughs> I was like, no, you know about Just ministry. because they had the paper, they thought they were an expert on yeah, it. It's yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I, I took CPR and I took wound dressing and stuff like that, but 
I've never had to give somebody CPR. And if I did, I know that there would be a level of, okay, now I know how to do that. And yeah. I think the same goes true for ministry. I think a lot of people graduate maybe with a chip on their shoulder that they, they understand some things that maybe they don't and yeah. there's that you won't, there's no way to until you get into uh, real situations with real people. Yeah. I had a friend um, that he, uh, he came into an, a situation and he was uh, in, a, in a pastor in a youth pastor position and doing stuff like that. And he didn't, he came in with this training. He was a smart guy, super smart guy, knows the Word of God, came in and just thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to work. You guys need to get on board with yeah. this ship, you know, and it didn't work out for him. Yeah. And, you know, and I talked to him afterwards and said, hey, you know, you got to learn the people. Yeah. They got to trust you before they can go places. No, I think seminary definitely uh, has the, the possibility of professionalizing ministry yeah. so that graduates come out thinking, I can now lead from a position of title mm-hmm. because I have this degree and I've taken these classes rather than I need to lead as a servant and I need to lead as a yeah. shepherd and I need to lead as a missionary who gets to know these people. And a lot of guys, um, I mean, if you're around seminary or ministry for any length of time, you see it all the time. Guys come out, they've got a degree, they've passed a class, they think everyone ought to just fall in line mm-hmm. behind them and and they have finally arrived with all the answers. Oh yeah. And that's not that's not how it works at all. So here's here's where I would bring it down in the end. For all the pros and the cons and should you go on the front end, should you go while you're doing it. Here's what I think is the one non-negotiable, okay? Two non-negotiables. Number one, follow God's leading on your life. For sure. Whatever he's doing, however he's convicting you, um, the Lord will lead you where and when he wants to. For sure. Number mm-hmm. two, whether you go to seminary on the front end or whether you jump straight into ministry and then you do seminary along the way, all of us have to be lifelong learners. Yeah, for sure. It can't just be a box that you check mm-hmm. and it can't be optional. Like you can't just say, I'm going into ministry and I don't need to learn. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to seminary, but you've yeah. got to commit yourself to being a learner, a student, a reader, a thinker. Um, and seminary is a great accountability structure it is. to make you do all of those things. And even if you do it on the front end and then you jump into ministry, you've got to find a way to continue to think and learn and write and study and read mm-hmm. and grow and all that stuff. Um, I, I think that's the essential is to say, whatever order you really do it all in, think through it, think about the pros, think about the cons, but really you've got to adopt the mindset of being a lifelong learner. So That's for sure. Any last thoughts on all that? Yeah, I think that they're, one of the things that seminary has taught me is how to learn better yeah. and faster. And that's one of the things I think that if I, you know, if I, the Lord would allow me and, and wanted me to, I would have maybe done it differently. Would have spent those first four, what, four and a half years uh in a seminary and in, in at least a Bible college, really trying to, to go through with that. I yeah. knew at the time I was called, just wasn't ready to do it. And yeah. that's part of the issue. There you go. Well, good stuff, man. I appreciate your friendship and uh, enjoy having lunch with you regularly and uh, enjoy hearing what you're learning. We, that's one of the things yeah. we talk about when we get together. What are you studying? What are you learning? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you writing papers on Revelation or you're <laughs> writing all kinds of crazy yep. stuff. So uh, that's good. Big thanks to our uh, wannabe faux sponsor for the day. Yes. I accidentally Frenchies. called them Torchies, but it's Frenchies. Frenchies, pasta, and tacos. 
And if you uh, go to Torchy's, you can only get tacos. It's one of the downsides. But if you go to Frenchie's, you can get tacos or pasta. And I just wonder if there's a secret menu at Frenchie's where you can get pasta on your tacos. You know what? I bet there is. There you go. Maybe we'll look into it. That's what we're doing next time. Thank you to uh, both of you out there in uh, podcast land for listening to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. If you know a regular pastor who ought to come on, we'd love to talk with them and hear from them. Uh, You can check out regularpastor.com. We've got resources for regular pastors. And if you have complaints or criticisms about this episode, please forward (laughs) them to Antioch Christian Church. Yes. And uh, my brother... Wesley will be more than happy to field your complaints. And bring the rebuke to Landon. (laughs) Until next time, this is the regular pastor out. (laughs)